Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome in to another edition of the Under Center podcast here on NBC Sports Chicago. I'm JJ Stankovich, joined by John Moon Mullen at the Indiana Convention We're Center. We're on location. We're on location. We've got our own little white table here. Uh, if you're at the Indiana Convention Center and somehow listening to this in real time, come on and stop by. If not, you can probably find us out at some local establishment tonight. Bring us a sandwich if you're coming by. That'd be great, yeah, actually. Yeah. Something from uh, St. Elmo's, I think, would be nice. Uh, you know what, actually? A steak from St. Elmo's and a, a shrimp cocktail, if you want to, you know, Pour out a hundred dollars and bring that to us. That'd be great. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and clear out your pores. I, mean, the, uh, I don't know if that's real. The horse. Oh, I worked, <laughs> no, now we're doing a, know, diet, a culinary show. If, here. if you got allergies, go just take some of that horse horseradish sauce. It works better than an allergy mm-hmm. pill. Anyways, we we should get on track here because we got we got some interesting things to talk about today. Um, specifically, we we had a chance to talk with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy first time since mm-hmm. January, and you know Ryan Pace's comments about free agency are kind of where I want to start today. Nothing really new. You know, we know Ryan Pace knows free agency is risky. He used the term treacherous waters mm-hmm. today. But what what kind of stood out in the way that Ryan Pace is talking about free agency wasn't necessarily about going forward with all the cap space he has, but with the young core that's starting to develop. Mm-hmm. And all the guys who are 29 or younger on this team that you can look at and say, okay, yeah, most of the Bears' best players, in fact, all of the Bears' mm-hmm. best players, are on the right side of 30 right now. And a lot of these guys are in their early to mid twenties. That bodes well for the, the overall health of the team. Where maybe even though Pace has all this cap space, he can look at safety. We don't need to spend there because mm-hmm. we have two young guys there. Quarterback, you obviously don't have to spend at that position again this year. And maybe it can help him be a little bit more selective in free agency this year. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a tough market. Uh, we talked to Ryan about the. You know, everybody's always got all this kind of cap space. Well, therefore, I think somebody asked him, does that mean you're going to be aggressive? And what he didn't say, which he has mentioned before, everybody's got money. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you're going to need a lot of money to outbid some people. If you have that young core, there's a, there's a nice domino effect. Okay, you don't have to go get Kirk Cousins. Right. You, you got you got your Kirk Cousins, you hope, for a lot less. You don't have to go out and, and uh, you know, mortgage the future for... Uh, well, you could actually bid for a pass rusher, but you know, like you're talking but about, but that guy may not even be available, right? Or young safeties. You know, you, you the more positions you have set with young players, they're mm-hmm. affordable, right? So you know, they're they're locked up through their rookie contract, or you know, at a, at a manageable second. They've done a good job of, of contract structuring, even though they might have lavished on some of the wrong guys, like Mike Glennon mm-hmm. or so forth. Um, you know, and, and Pace had a great comment I think, last year saying. You know, with free agency, you can always, you you can't get out of the the bad the bad signing is a disaster. You can you you can always recover from the guy you didn't sign. Right. Now that said, you know you could pick it at Mike Lennon and so forth. But overall, pull the camera back and just as you say, JJ, they're they're so good with young players. I mean, of course, we're talking a team that won eight games the last year. We shouldn't yeah. use good. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so good. Yeah. 
So, so much potential. Yes. Uh, or whatever, you know, Matt Nagy says, he doesn't like to use the word potential, it's just do they have talent? And right. I guess the answer, I would think, would be yes. Mm-hmm. Even talking to John Fox recently, there's a lot more positive there than I think the record showed. Yeah. And I think that's, I think I would look for the Bears to surprise some people this year. I think the, the key here for Pace in free agency is going to be finding guys who can I guess, fill out the roster, maybe is, is selling a little bit short but who can and sort of fill those positions that they need around the young talent instead of mm-hmm. like last year where you know you look at cornerback and the, the competitive offers they made for AJ Boye and Stefan Gilmore then you know in, the, last year they basically tried to address their cornerback position through free agency they got lucky essentially with Kyle Fuller yeah. having the season he did because um, they couldn't get some of those other guys to come here. Right, you know, they the couldn't overall, convince A.J. Boyer or Stephon the, Gilmore the in, to come the here. The instability at the head coaching position. Right. Those guys think, I'm not going to go there, and then they clear everybody out in a year. So, yeah, a lot of things have changed from a year, but yeah, to your point. Yeah, so before we kind of continue with this, I want to play you two bites from Ryan Pace today that really stand out about just the, the risk of free agency and then the, the cap issue. They, they mm-hmm. have all this money, but how do you balance that with the risk? So here's Ryan Pace from today in Indianapolis. There's always risk in free agency. We talked about that. You know, a lot of times guys become free agents for a reason, and we're mindful of that. You know, and I think as we continue to build our roster more and more through the draft, maybe we won't have to supplement as much in free agency. You know, but we just we have to be mindful of that. It is risky. I think uh, we've done a, a good job of structuring the contracts where you know we can get out of some of these. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of treacherous waters, and, and we just have to be careful as we go through this. I think you know having familiarity with some of these players. We have coaches from multiple. You know, other teams. We have even in the draft, we now have college coaches on our staff that has background with some of these players. I think that helps in the process. Right. Just because you have cap space, cap space, doesn't mean you can be reckless. You know, with these decisions. So we have to be strategic and, and disciplined and calculated as we enter free agency. All right. So that was Ryan Pace. The the last bite in there about just because we have all this cap money doesn't mean we have to spend it. I think is mm-hmm. really interesting. And and that tells me going back to the issue about Pace being more selective in free agency, that they can be more selective. They can say, you know what, we're just going to focus on getting a, a cornerback, whether or not they re-sign Kyle Fuller. But you know what, we're going to be selective and we're going to say that's the position we're going to go after. And the guy. And the guy. Because they, have enough, money, they Johnson, have enough money to do it. Malcolm Butler, those guys, they have enough money to do it. We're going to go after potentially those mm-hmm. guys. And that will be the position we focus on. And then, you know, wide receiver is a different story. There's not that sort of upper echelon guy. guy. There's not even that maybe even second-tier guy out there. But, you know, you can maybe then be selective about what receivers you're taking instead of just kind of a scattershot of we need so many guys Mm -hmm. that we're going to take whoever wants to walk through our door. Maybe you say, okay, we've identified Albert Wilson. He was a fit in Nagy's offense. We're going to bring him here. Maybe they really like Paul Richardson from the Seahawks or Mike Wallace still maybe has some tire on his treads. But I think just the idea of them being more selective then also mm-hmm. kind of marries itself with what you just said, Moon, about the Bears are a better destination this year than they mm-hmm. were a year ago. Yeah, that, and that it shouldn't be. It is about the money, but I was told that agents were wanting from the Bears a lot more guaranteed money. Your, your money's okay, but we want a lot of it guaranteed. So it wasn't, you know, that, that, and then we're not even sure we want to be part of what's happening. If there. you're not going to win, you might as well get paid. R- that makes exactly. sense. You yeah. won't be, and, and you're coming here, then they're thinking, well, you know what? You haven't sort of, you've got Mike Lennon. Well, I'm not coming here if you got Mike Lennon thrown to me, right. Alshon Jeffrey would say. Um, so, no, I think it's a more attractive destination, but and not to veer over into it, but as we talk about the quarterback and, and wide receivers, it's always been amusing to me 
a good trivia question was, I'll give you a, a good bar question or something. I, okay, I'll give you a, a, a bottle of something. If you could name the three top receivers in Tom Brady's Super Bowl winning teams. Uh, and most people can't because he made average guys right. much above average where I think the Bears could be going and you know, they, they'll have the luxury of you say Robinson or somebody like that. What they hope they've got finally is that guy who's going to make all the receivers better as opposed to we kept, they kept, you know, we got to get somebody around Jay Cutler because he wasn't that guy. So hopefully they, they have the quarterback with, with the coaching staff now to lift some receivers up. Anyone who wants a $700 bottle of wine from Moon, tweet at him at Moon Mullen NBCS with Tom Brady's top three receivers from all the years he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, agree to that. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, this is <laughs> you're breaking up. Yeah, you're breaking up. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but but no, I mean that that is a good point. Is that last year, it, you know, you look at this free agent class, and yeah, there's not that number one guy out there. But last year, why would a guy like Paul Richardson want to come mm-hmm. to the Bears? from having Russell Wilson as his quarterback to Mike Glennon. Well, but you can see why he might be interested in coming from having Russell Wilson as his quarterback, and he, assuming he's not going to re-sign with the Seahawks, mm-hmm. to have Mitchell Trubisky. There's, there's quite a bit of uh, improvement there mm-hmm. in terms of just the overall trust and the overall feeling around the league. I mean, these guys talk. They're not stupid. They know who's good and who's not. And I think the feeling around the league is that Trubisky has a ton of potential that maybe a wide receiver does want to get in on the ground floor of. I wonder if, you know, I post this in, in a, one of the a column. I wonder if Alshon, if they had to address the quarterback position a little sooner, which Ryan Pace acknowledges that he would wish he had done a little bit, and John Fox would say the same thing. Would Alshon Jeffrey have stayed here? Because he didn't go mm-hmm. there for the, go to Philadelphia for the weather. Uh, I, I clearly don't think he liked Chicago, but it was kind of the fabric of the, the offense he was in. You know, he was getting right. numbers, but... You know, if you want to win, and I think sometimes, I think Alison Jeffrey was a hard guy to get to know. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so the point was, now they've fixed that quarterback situation. Are you a, you are a more attractive destination, and that would apply even to some defensive players. Because mm-hmm. I think that that's what you say. Gilmore and Boye weren't interested in part because where's Chicago going? And those are those two guys signed with the two teams that played for the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. That is not an insignificant fact yeah. in yeah. this whole in this whole thing. This, the interesting part about Pace having all this money, you know, upwards of $60 million maybe to spend in free agency, depending on what the cap is set at, depending on who else he still winds up cutting, is that, you know, some of that money does, you, you do want to allocate some of that money to second contracts for mm-hmm. Eddie Goldman especially yep. is a guy who's... That's coming. you got to figure that's, that's coming, absolutely, and he's due. What their evaluation of Adrian Amos is... Um, you know, how he may want to balance the fact that he was out of a job essentially a year ago to now does he want to lock in some of that guaranteed money. Um, Those two guys are also part of this equation. But they're not, it's not like we're talking about a significant chunk. Mm -mm. The Bears, just like Ryan Pace said there, if the Bears don't spend all their cap money, that's fine. They don't Mm -hmm. maybe need to. Um, Or, you know, you, you can maybe then take some risks on guys but structure it like you did with Cooper and Wheaton and Glennon, where you have this essentially one year out, yeah. and you essentially structure a three-year contract like it's a one-year prove-it deal to get some of these yeah. guys to come to Chicago. Yeah, I think it's it's funny to think about this this or as an organization, um, although it feels like they've been doing that for too long. You know, a lot of one-year, you know, kind of I don't know. They, I mean, they certainly made a split when Pace came, big splash with McPhee, big splash with Antrell Roll. 
you know, guys like Eddie Royal, some of these guys are going to make a difference, and, and never did. And then he kind of went to the Amukamara, the one-year deals, and, and prove it. And I don't know whether they really have or not, but it's sort of interesting if we think back to even last year. We weren't sure if Kyle Fuller was even going to make this team. No. We weren't sure that Adrian Amos was even going to make this team. Mm-hmm. They, they got Quentin Demps, uh, and they drafted a kid from Alabama. Looks pretty good. Yep. This, this Jackson yeah. kid. And lo and behold, these guys turn out to be possible building block guys. Right. Just as you talked about, the, the young guys that you need to build, because they're affordable. And even right. them, Kyle Fuller is a whole other case, but uh, those are the guys you need to build your organization. The funny part, though, to just to pull it back a little bit, every year in free agency, you go looking for not developmental guys, but you're looking for anywhere from two to five starters. Right. You know, depending on your money, and those guys are being brought in here most of the time to start, unless it's a swing tackle or right. You know, you do go for depth and so forth. Whereas with the draft, if you get two or three starters out of your draft, it's a heck That's of a amazing. Draft. Yeah. Yeah. So we sort of tend to think that you do want to build through the draft to get the foundation like you're talking about, but man, you can't miss it. Free. You can't. You can't. Mm-hmm. Miss it. Matt Nagy said you don't want to live and die in it. Uh, and teams have died in it, so uh, right. that's what the Bears don't want to do. So Okay, so let's just run this down real quick about, you mentioned the starters. So you need starters at wide receiver. We'll say conservatively you need two, if you can maybe count on Cameron Meredith well, you know, to come let, back in some let's role. Let's take, take Kevin White and Cameron Meredith as one. As one, and then you need one two more. One of those more. guys, probably. Yep. You need two more, whether that's retaining Kendall Wright or Dontrell mm-hmm. Inman. You need two right there. You need a guard. You need one of those, or at least an, an interior lineman, because you know Ryan Pace did make mm-hmm. mention that Cody Whitehair has that flexibility, and that'll help them in free agency. You need a defensive end for the three-four that could be retaining Mitch on Ryan. Mm-hmm. There's another one. You need. But I think you know. But they're going to. I think the luxury you have. I think Jonathan Bullard played himself into a discussion. He could. There's yeah. another guy who went to camp last right. year, like. You know, he's, that, the light went off with him right. the first, as his rookie year. So, yeah, but that's you can never be too rich to thin have too right. many defensive so ends. So we'll, we'll say we'll give defensive end a half. You need yeah. half a starter there. Yeah. Outside linebacker, you need a starter. At least. You need yeah. at least one starter. And then cornerback, you need two. So yeah. right there you have two, three, four, five, like five and a half starters essentially. Mm-hmm. That still is on the upper end of where teams are looking in free agency. Now the Bears could find a wide receiver starter in the draft. Easily, they could find mm-hmm. an offensive lineman starter in the draft, <clears throat> Quentin Nelson. Um, I didn't say that. I think that wind probably not at number eight, but probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you could find an outside linebacker starter in the draft, maybe a guy like Marcus Davenport or mm-hmm. someone like that. You can find a cornerback starter in the draft, but you can't find all of these spots in the draft. No. You certainly cannot. So maybe we'll say, you know, if you, you pencil in two starters from the draft, which is aggressive, given that means mm-hmm. you hit on two of your draft picks. They, they still need three and a half starters, basically. Three, yeah. three to four starters coming in via free agency. So yeah, while, Pace, while Pace can talk about how we don't want to spend all this money in free agency and you know, we don't want to rely on it, the Bears still are in a position to rely on free agency, and that, mm-hmm. that's kind of a downer for this team, yeah. but it is still as indicative of how big of a rebuilding project this was from the start for Ryan Pace. Yeah, and Pace was asked too about, you know, have, have your failures or has your three years here given you, are you looking at this whole thing through a different prism? You know, looking at yourself and what, how you go about it. I, I, it seems like, doesn't it seem to you between Marcus Wheaton and Pernell McPhee to name a couple of, of significant signings, they weren't healthy. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, right. I, I won't I won't won't put Dems in that class because a broken arm doesn't. It's a different class category. Right. I, I you wonder this year going into free agency if suddenly he's going to say, you know what, we're not we're not taking chances on guys anymore. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, you do for a little a little bit, but those are the ones that blow up on you. Right. And an offensive line move with an injury history, I would I'd start. I wouldn't even put the guy those guys on my yeah. board. And I think maybe that you'll be curious to see the kind of guys. The, the blue maybe the blue chip health guys yep. he brings in that I, that is I think a big point to make it's which guys have played 16 games a year for mm -hmm. the last three four years the, the wide receiver actually kind of is deep in those guys I believe Paul Richardson mm -hmm. has uh, or no Richardson was hurt I'd scratch that I'd have to go back and look at my yeah. list of receivers but off the top of my head you know there are some guys who do have good health histories. Mm -hmm. In there, even a guy like Mike Wallace, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30, 30 but has played in almost every game the last mm -hmm. two years. I think he's at thirty-one or thirty-two, or thirty-one or thirty of thirty-two games. Um, that I, I absolutely think you're you're right on on that moon, and that that those are going to be the guys they're going to want to look at. As they're going to cost more, but here now we get into the fact they've got a lot right. of money. And I think again, cutting a Josh Sitton may not have been about the, they didn't have to do it for the money, mm -hmm. but it gave them another bag of money right. to get get healthier. Which is, you know, if you, you you spend the same amount of money on a 26-year-old like Norville or somebody out, yep. out of uh, Carolina, Carolina, yeah, um, or a, a guy like Josh sitting on the other side of 30, yeah, you know, that gets your team younger, better, and right. even though it's going to cost you maybe a little bit more, you're getting healthier too. And in this league, the way that the Bears are building, you want to be younger, and I mean, any, anyone wants to be healthier, but you want to be younger because then you can sort of see that wave starting to kind of crest a little bit. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you see the, the big pieces of Trubisky and Shaheen and Floyd, you know, is presuming these guys are healthy, you mm -hmm. have the kind of growth that you want to see out of them. You yeah. can see it starting to kind of come over the top, and maybe this maybe this is the last year in which the Bears do need to fill so many holes via free agency. Yeah, if it is. I mean, it's funny to think about going back even into like the 01, 15 years ago, like coming off the playoff season, I think the Bears had 21 of their 22 starters coming back. Mm -hmm. Almost no, Now they went in the tank because you know, Jim Miller got hurt and, right. and things happened. But um, yeah, they, they can't go into every year free agency with five, six real needs because yep. you just can't afford to fill them. Right. And that means you're not drafting very well or you're missing on free agency yep. signings. All right, well, since we're here at the Combine, we're going to get into some draft talk after the break mm -hmm. here, um, some interesting things from Matt Nagy, and just we're here at the Combine, so we should probably talk draft instead talk of kids. looking ahead yeah. to free agency. Yeah. So let's talk the kids after the break here on the Under Center Podcast on NBC Sports Chicago. So you call yourself a Bulls fan? NBC Sports Chicago wants to hear from you. Visit NBCSportsChicago.com slash BullsAF and tell us what makes you the biggest Bulls fan. You could win the chance to be recognized as our Bulls authentic fan of the game, including tickets to a game, a behind-the-scenes tour, be shown on TV, and much more. NBCSportsChicago.com slash BullsAF. All right, Moon and I are here at the Indianapolis Convention Center uh, here for the NFL Combine. So we're going to talk some draft right now. Before we start, I want to play just this quick quote. Matt Nagy talking about leaning on Mark Helfrich and Harry Heastand mm -hmm. during this process. Two guys who recruit, not only coached some of the guys who are out there, Harry Heastand obviously with Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey, but these guys recruited a lot of the guys who are here mm -hmm. at the Combine during their time at Oregon, during Heastand's time at Notre Dame. So I want to play you this quick clip from Matt Nagy talking about that right now. 
a lot of stock. And so uh, you, you get these guys specifically on offense with, with Mark Helfrich and, and Harry Heaston. You got two, two guys that, that know the, the college world. And so for me, uh, I'm crazy if I don't use their knowledge. And so there's, there's going to be times where I'm elbowing them and asking them a little for some hints here or there on these guys. And, not, and, and again, with a guy like Charles London, our running backs coach, here's a guy who, who again, was at Penn State with, with Coach O'Brien. And so he's been in that college world. So for me, I'm going to use them as resources, uh, take everything that they say uh, seriously. And, and um, you know, that's a benefit that we have on our staff. So clearly Matt Nagy is going to rely on Harry Heaston and, and Mark Helfrich, who know a lot of these guys better than mm -hmm. most anyone else here yeah. at the Combine. Um, they the, raised them from pups. <laughs> they, they raised Quentin Nelson from a 320-pound pup to a 330-pound pup. Um, that's a big puppy. It's certainly big, big, certainly bigger than my puppy. It's six and a half pounds, and I'm ecstatic about it. Um, the Quentin Nelson question is going to be something that is, is going to dominate talk here for the next week, for the next month, for the next month and a half until the draft, because Quentin Nelson is a very, very, very good football player. But I know we've talked about it on this podcast. Moon, you've written about it. I've written about it. Number eight is probably a little high for a guard. But... Quentin Nelson, if there's anyone who can prove that number eight is high enough for a guard, it's Quentin Nelson, and not just Quentin Nelson, it's the fact that Quentin Nelson is a Notre Dame offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. We were talking before the podcast about you know certain colleges producing certain guys at positions that usually are successful. You look at Notre Dame's track record under Harry Heastand, Zach Martin, Ronnie Stanley, Nick Martin so far. You figure Mike McGlinchey's going to be in that discussion as well, mm -hmm. and Quentin Nelson's going to be in that discussion. You could have potentially an all-pro starting offensive line just on players who played under mm -hmm. Harry Eastand at Notre Dame in the last six years. Yeah. Does that change the thought for the Bears, given they have Harry Eastand? Harry Eastand knows the ins and outs of Quentin Nelson's game better than anyone in this city right now. Does that change the equation for the Bears? You know, I don't know... I don't know how much that would. He's either this level of talent or he's not. In fact, mm -hmm. he should be. You hope at number eight or whoever it is or wherever you pick the guy like Nelson, for example, you hope he's good enough to be, almost be above coaching, not above, but obviously he right. can get better. But you're you're not taking a piece of clay and just hoping Harry can be you know wave his magic wand right. and, and turn him into something. What, what I'm intrigued a little bit by with with this coaching staff and and Nagy touched on it is the fact that these guys have worked. With college guys, that but the, what I like about Eastan though is he's coached in the NFL he too. Is. You, you, we saw the the coaching staff of uh, uh, Mark Tressman. Too many guys didn't have NFL experience, right? And it's a different game. Now, what what he what Nagy touched on, I would I think is intriguing. Looking with, to see what their offense is going to be like, they're bringing Helfrich and and Eastan. They're bringing guys in who who have some familiarity with NFL level players, and they're going to be teaching them. The NFL game, but with some spread in it. Yeah. They're, so they they might be able to blend the skill uh, mm -hmm. skill set. So I, again, I'm a kind of roundabout thought about someone like Nelson. Is he worth the eighth pick? If you told me he's going to be Steve Hutchinson, go. Yeah. Take him right. eight. Um, if you told him he's going to be, I don't know, pick another guard. You know, Kyle Long. Mm -hmm. Eh. Okay. Right. Right. But David DeCastro. Okay. Mm -hmm. Probably. But again, you can also get those guys that we just ticked off right. anywhere from 12 to 20. Right, and you can also get those guys for cheaper, for cheap, not cheaper than yeah. a draft pick. You can get those guys in free agency, and you yeah. can fill a spot there. What if uh, he's as good as Cody Whitehair? You got him in the second yeah. round. 
Right. You know, so what are the standards? And I, I do think, uh, you know, while I was pretty high on, on Nelson as a Bears pick, I don't think at number eight, you, you want somebody that either scores touchdowns or has a direct hand in, like, sacks or interceptions. Right. Preventing stopping touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. Hard to see that with a guard, although teams would obviously take tackles that high. But, you know, you right. touched on recently, too, about, you know, uh, Chance Warmack mm-hmm. or Jonathan Cooper. Yep. Guards are taking, what, seven? Top both ten, of them? yeah. Yeah. And, and they're just not worth it. And that's a really high place to miss, that is, as yeah. the Bears have found out with Kevin White. Right. So. I, I think, you know, Ryan Pace talks about forming these clouds for the mm-hmm. draft. For, you know, Ryan Pace is going to build, a, build, out, build out a cloud for the Clutch. number eight pick. Yeah. He's going to have a cloud for if he trades down into the teens, a cloud if he trades down into the 20s. The, this is where, you know, the interviews and the medical part of this are going to, you know, that, that's what Pace focused on today mm-hmm. in talking about what the combine brings. What is going to just be interesting, though, is that the Bears, going back to Helfrich and Nagy, they do have sort of not, I don't want to call it inside info, because everyone around the NFL largely is getting the same information. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Harry Heastand can walk in there, and if the Bears, you know, if 31 other teams see Quentin Nelson and they say, this guy's a meathead, he doesn't really know what he's doing. <laughs> but Harry Heastand walks into that room and says, no, actually, Quentin Nelson's a really bright yeah. guy who's got... He's my he's, meathead. He's my meathead. <laughs> Harry Heastan loves himself some good meatheads, and that's that's said in a very positive manner. Um, you know, Quentin Nelson's so physical, but he's not coming out of Notre Dame as polished as Zach Martin was right. in terms of his skill. There is yeah. a lot. There isn't, and that almost is another scarier prospect to Quentin Nelson. Is there is another level to his game? He's not coming out as this polished mm-hmm. guy who is. He's already reached his ceiling. Quentin Nelson can be better than his play at Notre Dame. Yep. But but he's still a guard, and that's yep. just the thing you keep coming back to with this issue is Quentin Nelson is still a guard. Yeah, and, and we talked a bit before earlier about uh, certain universities, as you say with Notre Dame, they turn out pretty good offensive linemen. They don't, they're not real bust. You're mm-hmm. not going to go. You're not going to come up with, uh, you know. Uh, you're not going to come up with a, you know, a, a, Tony, a Mark Tony Colombo Mandrich, or Tony Mandrich. Yeah. Well, I yeah. like Mark Colombo. Remember, he was like 29. Yeah, that's true. And, he, and yeah. he broke his leg. And right. That's the guy. They, I think Jerry Rancho, that was that was actually a correct draft choice as a turn. But point is, if they'd taken him ninth, would have right. been would have been idiotic. But how how much upside, if you're looking at these guys, do you want them to walk in NFL ready? Of course, at number eight, yes, you do. Um, but certain universities, like we're talking about, Penn State, a lot of guys, very polished guys, almost too polished. One of the knocks on Penn State was the guys who were so well coached, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of upside. You kind of got them finished products, and you couldn't. They didn't take off. You know, you Somebody, say that you said about Al, you know, I think about Alabama with that. A lot of guys from Alabama come out as polished, finished products, and you know, you have a D. Milner who's a top, I think, twelve pick who doesn't really amount to anything. They're good. They're, the they one, can, they the one, play. the one position where Alabama has consistently developed top-end players, wide receiver. Because you look yeah. at Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, and granted, that's mm-hmm. not a huge sample size, but if you're thinking about Calvin Ridley, look at the other top receivers that have come out of Alabama, mm-hmm. that is probably a point in Calvin Ridley's favor. It, it, it is. I mean, that's the thing. It, it says something, because the coaches, when they, go, when they scout, they, in fact, a lot of times, they won't stick around, the scouts won't stick around for their games. Mm-hmm. They're there. Tuesday, Wednesday. I want to yep. see him practice. Yep. And then they really see how they go against, and then they're measuring the guy he's going against, and so forth. Um, so they can see this guy's work ethic and everything else. And I think that's where you know all of a sudden Calvin Ridley may come back in. Mm-hmm. If, if you told me he could be Jerry Rice, 
I'll, I'll take Marvin it. Harrison, yeah, take yeah. it. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of evaluation, and there's a guy who scores touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So if here's a question to you, you or to anybody. Okay, you're at number eight, and you got Calvin Ridley and Quentin Nelson on the board. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully I'm not the one making the decision. The job pays really well, though. It does. It also is less job security well, than I would like. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. But no, I think those are the kind of decisions. And, and you touched on the cloud to jump back to that, which is a really great concept to understand how people go about the drafting. They don't just have a list of guys. Right. They have, Ryan will have a, a, a cluster of guys, might be anywhere from two to five, depending on where you, how many guys are really worth this eighth pick? And if he gets to his turn and four of those guys are still on the board, he can go back three picks and Noah can still get mm -hmm. one of those. I know when he, when he drafted uh, Kevin White, they had, they had a cluster of eight, and Kevin White was the seventh, and I think mm -hmm. it was one other. I think it was Trey Waynes who went to, went mm -hmm. to Minnesota. They really couldn't trade out of that position right. and still get one of the guys that he said, I want mm -hmm. that level of player. Um, so, yeah, it'll be – curious if you'll talk about the number of players he has in the cloud this year. How, mm -hmm. you see, as you said, there's tiers of them. Okay, if I, would he drop back into the 20s? I'm not sure he would even do that this year. Do you? Mm -hmm. I mean, he'll pick yeah. up picks, but he's got a new head coach. He really wants to get it's, this thing it, launched. It, the, the idea of trading down like makes sense on paper, given that you know you could trade down and still get a guy like Nelson. You could trade down, maybe still get a guy like Ridley. But, but you're right. You have a new head coach in there, and maybe you look at it as we just want to get the best guys available at the spots yeah. that we pick. And somebody who's so good, he just walks in and was like, and say, you say, yeah. wow, finally we got this or something, whether yeah. it's a rush linebacker or a receiver or something. That, and the Bears so need that. We, you know, we talk about the lack of Pro Bowl players. Again, that's a, a beauty pageant to some extent. But and a popularity they, contest. Yeah, they, exactly. They don't, have, they don't have those wow factor guys where you have to game plan for them. Right. You know, like they even have with Erlach or Briggs. I mean, teams should, you should have somebody yeah. that teams have to plan for. And, and not only plan for, but struggle to plan for, because teams mm -hmm. last year game planned for Tariq Cohen and shut him down. Shut him down. They game planned for Dontrell Inman after the Bears got mm -hmm. him in there and they shut him down. You need guys who teams yeah. not only have to game game plan for, but can't game plan for. Akeem yeah. Hicks is the closest thing they have to that. Yeah, and I, I think you, you could even say, well, what about Jordan Howard? Well, yeah, but it was, I am, it was an awful quiet uh, 1,200 yards, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's not that kind of, oh my God, there, there's the, the, he's not going to break I think his longest run last year was 50, 50 right. yards. Mm -hmm. Again, not to knock that, but to our bigger point, you need those guys where if Todd, you know, Todd Gurley, you're playing the Rams, you better play. You better yep. know where Todd Gurley is because yep. he can destroy you in one run. I don't think they have that guy in the backfield right now, for example. So we're going to end on a – boy, that's a downer. That was really awful. Sorry, sorry, Jordan. How about how about on a, on a positive note we end um, with what are you going to have for dinner tonight? Actually, I'm going over to Columbus to meet my daughter for dinner, daughter and son-in-law for dinner, and I think we will probably. We're all dieting, so it's chicken. Yeah, I just finished one of those, so I'm because I finished. I'm gonna have a steak tonight. You're, gonna hurt, you're gonna hurt yourself. I'm gonna probably pull a muscle. Good for you. Uh, hopefully, it's not my heart. Uh, anyways, that has been it for us here on the Under Center podcast on NBC Sports Chicago. For John Moonmon, I'm JJ Stankovitz here in Indianapolis. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all states to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.